than you just saying this one person is not working out for me, so I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit the job. Yeah. Like no one person should make you quit a job. Mm. No what one manager should make you quit a job. What if it's a board? Entire board? <laughs> you remember the board? It's just you know, it's usually not an entire board. You know, usually- Welcome to the Oak Tree Institute podcast, the podcast designed to empower Muslim leaders through education and skill development. Assalamualaikum. Welcome to another episode of Community Conversations. This is Rami Kawas, Executive Director at Oak Tree Institute. And with me, of course, is Muhammad Hassan. Assalamualaikum. What's up, everybody? Community Conversations is a series where we discuss pressing issues in our Muslim organizations and we give advice around what leaders, volunteers, activists can do to overcome them. Today, we're going to be talking about having thick skin doing community work. And so there's so many challenges that we deal with when you're working within nonprofit space, the Muslim community space. There's a lot of hardships, and we'll talk about some of them. But today, we want to emphasize on why you should have a thick skin, a tough skin when you're working in the community. Uh, so, Muhammad, what would you say is the reason that you should have tough skin when you're doing a lot of the nonprofit work within our community? Sure, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know if we give uh, advice, but we definitely vent and explore, um, you know, what uh, I guess all of us uh, deal with and have dealt with. Um, and so thick skin, and I, I'm, I'm a bit opinionated about this. Uh, I have strong feelings about it. Um, I think too many people give up too quickly. Too many people will whine and complain. You know what I mean? Um, and people forget the big picture. And you guys just gotta, uh, you know, you just gotta put on your big boy pants, and you gotta, gotta, you know, sometime in life you just gotta, got to toughen up. You know what I mean? Um, and um, and that's what it is. I mean, it's it's not easy dealing with all kinds of people. When you say you're in a masjid setting. You're dealing with all different ethnicities. You're dealing with people from different backgrounds, you know, social, economical uh, status. You're dealing all kinds of uh, people come from different school of thought, aqidah, fiqh. I mean, it's not easy. Uh, you go to nonprofits, you're dealing with people. Um, and people are, are easily um, twisted because it's, it's not like, you know, a lot of volunteers are there. So they, have, they, don't have, they don't feel like it's a job where they have to watch their mouth. You know what I mean? Uh, you're going to get fired or you lose your paycheck. So people are a little more, uh, let's just say, um, they speak a lot more freely or they kind of, they don't care about people's feelings or they don't worry about the consequences as much. Uh, a lot of time, you know, uh, when working in Muslim organizations, nonprofits, where, where a lot of people are volunteers. So given that that's the space that all of us are in, um, and I think a lot of us listening to this uh, are you know, in nonprofit uh, organization or community work. We got to just be able to learn how to deal with all these attacks and drama and, um, you know, and, and how to have a thick skin. And so, yeah. so if you want to get anything done, it's going to be some work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, again, subhanAllah, I think we have had a lot of experience in in community work, I think uh, probably, you know, I know I, I've gone through a lot. I know you've gone through a lot. So to me, I've kind of, I've noticed that there's two major things mm. uh, and we'll talk, maybe we'll, we'll dive into them a little bit more depth, but to me, there's like, there's thick skin, there's tough skin, thick skin that you need for two areas that seem that people really seem to break down under. Mm. But one of them is I see that there's just tremendously bad organization. Right. Uh, people are, they're just 
most of our spaces, most of our organizations, there's just such a lack of professionalism. <laughs> there's a lack of structure of kind of like systems of like, mm. there's no clear guidance, expectations, roles, jobs are not clear. And so no. to me, I think the number one thing is that there has to be tough skin in terms of working with an ambiguity, right? Yes. There's a lot of like things are just not clear. Like what am I supposed to do here? What is the role? What is the job? Um, and I think that that's, and maybe we could talk that, about that a little bit. Like how do you handle, how would you handle Hassan when, when you walk into an organization and there's just a lack of organization, right? That, like the organization doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, how do you have a tough skin with that problem? So I, you're right. I think this having tough skin is uh, several areas. And I think you start off this, this correctly, which is uh, the first area is that there's no organization in the organization. You know? yep. um, and, and so what you walk into Masjid board, you're part of an MSA, uh, some kind of a nonprofit. Um, and uh, the first problem is there is no clear cut roles. Uh, there is no training. Um, you know, things are up in the air, there's no planning. And so you kind of go in there and, you know, some people, they, and it's very interesting. Some people come from very organized corporate world or not organized, but in whatever sense it is. And when they come in and do their work in nonprofit, they become disorganized themselves. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of like a disease that kind of just continues, right? Yeah. You're like, wait, you, you, you work for, uh, you know, a fortune 500 company. Why do you act like that? When you're in the mush of the board, right. like it, it, it's so, or you run businesses and you manage hundreds of people sometimes. And I'm like, there's no way you do this at work. Yeah, you know. Um, but I guess they look at the their mushed role as like, oh, it's my secondary chilling spot. I don't yeah. have to be like how I'm at work. Structure, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, when you when you have a lot lack of structure, what do you do? And and you know, one of the things that uh, at my current uh, position. Um, at my clinic, and I can't mention all the details now. You know, I, I can't spill the beans of my company. Um, but the, the current, uh, you know, the clinic that I that I'm a director of, uh, one of the things that I saw that helped us uh, retain more employees, more staff, is proper structure in the beginning. Mm. Uh, that uh, you know, the people coming in, more training directly correlates to how many percent of people we lose and, 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 and the turnover rate. Interesting. Uh, and then how much they're clear on their expectations. Because when they come in and they're very unclear what the roles are, they're not properly trained, they start off on the wrong foot, things start to pile up, and then more stuff adds on, and so it's a bad start. And so we saw that, you know, um, especially, you know, uh, at my side, I saw that the more training they had in the beginning, any, any of the clinical staff, any of the staff uh, they had in the beginning, the more likely they are going to stay long term with the, with the organization, with the company. Uh, and I think this is across the board. So now, at the same time, you talk to any employee, you talk to any staff, any volunteer, you always hear them complaining about this organization has no organization. I mean, I don't know of anybody that praises their masjid board or MSA board or, or non-profit that says, even if they were great, that you know what, yeah, they have a very good organization. So um, it will never be up to par to the level you want. So I think few things. I want you to go in there, you see like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I think go back to the real big picture, right? So I, uh, one, of, one of my staff was feeling that way. You know, she felt like 
even though we are trying to improve the structure and and you know our, our clinic and our of our company but there's still a lot of areas that we're not as organized and so i asked her okay uh, yes you're right you know this is a little disorganized i i get it this is not as, as going too well and i know you're feeling anxious and and is dealing with like uncertainty i get it but let's just backtrack are you getting your paycheck every week yes every other week yes i am okay are you uh, doing what you um, meant to do at this at this field in the job, which is helping helping uh, patients and clients, uh, you know, transform their life? Is that happening? Yes, that's happening. Are you getting reprimanded for the work that you know because of this organization? You know, you having difficulty with? No, I'm not. But I just feel like we could do much better. I said, well, at least the top things are correct. So it's almost is it number one is a perspective change. Yeah, so you go into a masjid. You said to yourself, okay, am I giving the amount of time that I said I'm going to give to the masjid? Yes, I am. Am I getting some stuff done? Result, are results happening at the masjid, the MSA board? Yes, they are happening. Then just, just backtrack a little bit and say, okay, this is where we are. The priority are, are, are met. Now then, you know, then I can communicate and say, look, you need to over-communicate. In an organization that are disorganized, you got to over-communicate with the leadership and say, look, I'm not sure what to do. Okay, tell me what, what needs to be done next. And then go back to the mission and, and kind of, do what's in your control. I think too many people are worried about what's not in their control. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where you're going to get frustrated. That's where you're going to have a hard time dealing with the ambiguity is when you're too focused on what other people should be doing, what the organization is not doing. Why don't you focus on what is in your control and what you can do? 100%. I, I think, and it, you know, that's, uh, it's interesting. I remember I studied this really well, it was probably right after college of uh, Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. I think it's the number Classic, one habit. Yeah. It's the number one habit is that you focus on the circle of influence, not the circle of concern, right? Mm. You focus yes. on what you can change, what you are, where your influence can be. And the more you focus on that and growing that circle, you will just be much more, I mean, you'll just be much more happy overall, right? And I, and I think actually this area if you're like a new youth director coming in or you're a current youth director, or if you're just joining a board or if you're a youth volunteer, or if you're just joining your MSA and like whatever the events committee or marketing committee, uh, you have a lot of control over making something more organized than it was, right? Making, <laughs> making, writing out, you know, your role or explaining how to lay out something uh, and how to event plan or creating a document of the planning that you're doing, uh, capturing, um, uh, you know, high level notes or strategies that you're like, I think this, even though all our organizations need systems, like a great leader or somebody that really wants to make an impact in the organization, they really have to bring in structure and systems. That's super important. Almost every organization I've ever worked with major, major challenges when it comes to this and really good leaders think about creating a system and that's super important. Um, so, but, but I think that that's, that's well within your, your control. You exactly, can, you, if you exert effort there, it'll change. And you know what happens? It happens where like I'm the youth director, I'm managing my youth teams and I'm being structured and organized, but everybody above me is a mess, right? The mm. board's a mess and, or people next to me are a mess. Like this committee is a mess, that committee, but that doesn't matter. Right. As long right. as I am improving like I'm, I have, what's in my control. Exactly. My, what is in my influence? I'm making that better, more organized, more professional. I think people, people just, they, at times you see chaos and you just say, there's no hope instead of saying, let me just fix one or two things here. And then that'll at least make things easier. So you have to have that mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And 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 you know, I think as uh, John C. Maxwell, um, he talks about it. Read this book a while back, the three sixty leadership, right? Yeah. Um, and that's about being able to influence things above you, things yeah. at your level, and things below you. Yeah. Um, and in doing that, you know, yes, you know, say so you're part of a, uh, you know, even MSA, and the way the student campus, the student life dean, and his, you know, team works, they're very disorganized, whatever. Uh, but you are in control of the, uh, you know, the MSA tre- treasury. Okay, you could get the money a little more organized. You get the income and expense sheet a little more organized. Absolutely. Uh, you don't have to worry about all the marketing team. They're chaotic. They don't know. They don't, they don't schedule their post day. They don't have a plan to their Instagram game. You know, um, the, the event team, they, they're disorganized. They're last minute. They pull together where to order food from. Okay, but, but you worry about your treasury, like, you know, and, and start with that. Yeah. And then you can influence above, down, below, you know sure. what I mean, sure. uh, and across. So, so I think people got to change their mindset about, okay, let's pull back a little bit. When, I think too many people are too busy complaining. You know, oh, it's, it's too busy complaining, too busy, oh, it's too, not working too, for me. Too focused on the problems yeah. at times. Yeah, so we yeah. get very inundated with the problems. Yeah. And there's a lot of problems. But yeah. anywhere you go, there'll be a lot of problems. Right. If you're looking I mean, we're just looking for this them. perfect organization. Yeah. I, I, I think especially this generation, uh, you know, our generation, I think we've been uh, too, um, you know, I, I don't know, too, too couched, you know, too everything just working our way, you know, uh, no struggle and, oh, this is not working for my mental health. And look, I was coming from a professional in mental health. And I do understand when environments are toxic, when you, when you have to make exit. I do get it. But I think people are... I don't know if things got more tough or people resiliency got, got less. Mm, you know what I mean? Like that, I don't know if the challenge of the world became more or people ability to handle problems became less. Right. I don't know if, you know, people losses have increased or their tolerance for it has decreased. You know what I mean? Right. You know, seven out, look at the culture that we're in. It's, I, we'll talk about, you know, us in, in, in the U S seven out of 10 people are on prescription pills. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, um, Anytime people we feel just, pain, we want to get rid of people it. Just, right. People just look. This is that's, that's the that's the mind from the culture. You get a little headache. Ah, oh, anytime. Take an Advil. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. so seven seven out of ten people on prescription pill. Other thirty right. percent probably getting from the streets. We use seventy you know, percent of the world. Seventy uh, percent of the world's prescription drugs are 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 consumed by America. Right, and that just shows you about lack of being able to be. You know, t- 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 you got to take the crap. And yeah. that, that's part of the greater mission. Yeah. Now, not, not to, no, no one is saying at, at the expense of your mental health, the expense of your physical health. Right. We will we'll talk about that. You know what we I mean? But will. I think the threshold needs to be a little more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the other thing, and you brought it up a little bit, I think the other major reason why people need a tough skin. So if one of the major challenges is the disorganization, yeah. the chaos, um, the other one is the bad culture. Right. And then yes. it's, a, it's a little bit more challenging. So it's the toxicity of the people, uh, the toxicity of the leadership. Um, people don't value you, don't listen to you, don't trust you, don't respect you. Um, the toxicity of like extreme bias. And we, we got to understand like there's extreme bias, racist, sexist things at times. Right. If you're a woman, the, the scrutiny you'll be under. If you're a sister, um, if you're of a particular race going into a, a masjid or institution organization that's that's different, if there's just if you're a young person and you're there's unfair expectations put on you, um, yeah. so there. How do you handle the toxic cultures? 
the toxic you know and and and, uh, and 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 i i empathize with that you know um i've been there uh you've been there uh, and all the leaders and activists that we get the privilege of working with in our trainings and our consulting i think we've seen that you know yeah. and we see what they go through um and this is not just about muslim it's what i'm bringing other contexts and i think it will help us kind of see that you know the people that i coach um even imams that i have worked with and i have heard had imams you know, I one imam that I, I you know, um, I had worked with, the, and, and I followed them through a few masjid. And so you, I, I like to say you get to see a longitudinal kind of thing. Oh, and, and you know, I have the privilege of, uh, you know, working with him through a few masjids, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, one masjid, this problem. Next masjid, another problem. I'm like, you will never find a perfect masjid. Yeah. I mean, you never get to masjid where you, this masjid, uh, the congregation is a little, you know, they're, they're strange and they have all these expectations on the imam. Oh, this one, the funding is a little low. They can't get anything done. Uh, this one, they, you got outside, they're too focused on politics, focused on uh, social. I mean, there will be never be a perfect organization, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, as far as the toxic culture is concerned, uh, you know, um, it is true. I mean, uh, some some organizations, it is very toxic and... and, and uh, uh, but I, I go back and, and uh, I was I was working with one person. Um, I was doing, doing a little bit of career coaching. Uh, and, you know, she works for a pretty you know, uh, high caliber company. And I said, you know, you never want to quit your job. I mean, people say this, right? People say people um, people don't quit a job. They quit their boss, right? As, as, yeah, uh, manager. As, uh, yeah, manager. Or they say that, that. People, yeah, people don't quit their uh, you know responsibility or job. They quit you know, the, the environment that, that that's, yeah. that's not working for them anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I like I I was working with this person. I, I and, I, and I told her that you know, uh, figure out what is your long term career vision. You know, you shouldn't have to quit a company because this particular person that's there and I'm not it's not working out for me with this person. We always get it, get it, get into it. I mean, you I think you got to have much more better. Uh, Political, you know, uh, political, political skills, negotiation skills, conflict resolution skills. Yeah. Then you're just saying this one person is not working out for me, so I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit the job. Yeah. Like no one person should make you quit a job. Mm. No what one manager should make you quit a job. What if it's a board? Entire board? You <laughs> remember the board? It's just you know, it's usually not an entire board. You know, the, like the, the question I ask, right? the, the question I ask, if I gave you a million dollar. Would you be able to use enough of your political wisdom and skills to maneuver this person? Oh, you mean that? Like, I throw out like a scenario. No, no, bribe, bribe them? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, I tell the person, it's like, there's no way. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to deal with this board. It's not working. This Are you going to pay me a million dollars just to deal? If with you it? can, uh, just to see your creativity. Uh, can okay. you be politically astute? You know, like like a politician, they can't just abandon their constituents. Right. They find a way to manipulate. To find a way to get on that good side. That you, you got, you gotta, you gotta be like that politician. Mm-hmm. You gotta find a way, and, and, and that's why you're not talking about unethical manipulation, right? No, 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 of course not. Influencing, influencing, influencing. Maybe you don't have the full skill set, you know. Um, and sometimes you, you, only you should not do it is because it's too much of an effort to get them. But if you say no, it's impossible, then that's tell me when someone says impossible for me to uh, work something out with this person, that tells me that you don't yeah. you like the skill. Yeah, yeah. Tell me it's gonna be too much effort, and and I think I, I, I better just you know deal with something else. I'll take that. Okay, okay. So let me push yeah. back a little bit on you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I'm, I'm generally I'm agreeing with you, but what, but what happens? 
what is the threshold of negative energy that you should have or deal with? Like, when should you say enough is enough, right? Because if you think about it, let's just talk about, let's talk about different areas. Let's talk about our mental health. So yeah. we're always dealing with this toxic, negative, uh, demeaning, they don't respect you, they don't value you, you put in the effort, you're struggling, you're sacrificing, you're putting a lot of effort in. It might be like you're staying extra late with the youth, you're cleaning up after them, you know, your sisters, you're running a sister's program and you're always doing everything and they never support you coming up with your own funds. Like there's people really dealing with a lot. Like when are these, like, when is enough enough? So I think, I think few things, right? One is that uh, you know, I think people got their own issues that kind of gets brought up when they deal with people. And we have to be honest about that. You know, um, people got stuff at home. People have stuff, uh, trauma and legitimate things. Trauma, they, you know, they have, they experienced things growing up, uh, you know, uh, family issues. And then they come to the message of Muslim organization, MSA, and that gets flares up. You know, I, 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 I can't tell you nine out of ten times when I've heard complaints from MSA board members against each other. Uh, nine out of ten times when I heard, you know, somebody was involved in the organization for 20 years and they just called Turkey, quit the organization. It was a lot of times, it was a lot of personal issues, you know, from their ego being hurt to uh, they just don't know how to handle some type of criticism uh, to. So you got to seek your own help first. I mean, if you, if you got issues, if you got things, and that's okay if you do, you know, uh, and you got to just, you have to be able to help, you know, be able to um, reach out, seek help, get therapy, whatever it is. Because my point is, you know, you got to be able to make this decision separate from your circumstance. What that means is, so I, I, as I tell the, the, the career people, I said, okay, I want you to quit this company only if it makes sense for you in your 10 years long-term career move. Mm. Don't quit it based on I don't like the manager. I'm not getting along with this with this team member. Uh, you know, I But what if my mental health right now is like not? I'm not in the right. I think I think your mental health has to do with you getting a therapist and you seeing a psychiatrist. I think that thing has to do with that. That then it has to do with somebody else. Okay. Nine out of ten times. And so first, figure out your life mission. I think a lot of people are confused about what like when they get into an MSA, get into a mushid work. They're not really clear on what their what what the role of the in their in the ummah that they have, you know, or the role they have in, what's their life vision as far as giving back and nonprofit work and career too. If you're really clear about like what your next career move is, you know what I mean? You know exactly where you're headed towards, then you can make more clear decision if this current company and the current role is, is the best way for me. Okay, that's one. Two, have you sought out all the help possible? Have you, have you improved your skill set? Um, you know, learning how to communicate, learning how to negotiate, learning how to manage conflicts, learning and really doing that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Once you've done all that, then I think you can say, you know what? This is too much of an effort. Okay. Uh, and I think I found a better opportunity where I, I, I can get more done without having to deal with all, all these other side things that it will require from me to make it a better place. So, so you're telling me, look, if I need to take care of myself, I need to go out and take care of myself, right? Yes. Uh, so, and, then, and then a part of that can be getting help from a therapist or, or talking to somebody, a counselor or something. Mentors, whatever, right. yeah. Or a part of that is like, look, I just need to figure out where I'm going in life and what mm -hmm. I need to do to get there. And what are the skills that I'm missing out on? What are the things I never learned, like life skills, leadership skills, interpersonal skills that I need to figure out that I don't, obviously I don't have, right? So you're... Really, it's like working on yourself. It's, so you're saying work on yourself. If, if, it's, if you're not in the right mental state, then you need to work on yourself in some extent. So I, I like to say when people, whether it be at a workplace, company, organization, same advice. 
um, you know, uh, list out all the things that are, you know, not working out, right? Uh, so you probably talk about disorganization and the toxic culture. That's probably two areas you can probably yeah. list whole bunch of things. Uh, there's much of this disorganized and how they, you know, plan events. Uh, tox- there's some people in there that, that really, really, you know, cause a lot of drama, blah, blah, blah. List it all out. Okay. Then you should make a big list and then make a list on what are, what are things that are in your control. And then make a list about what can you practically do tomorrow to address some of these. Once you have made that list, I think a lot of times, you know, you can make a lot more clear decision whether or not you need to, you know, make a move to the next organization um, or you need to go somewhere else, you know, instead of just jumping from place to place. Because people just jump from place to place, much to much yeah. organization, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they get nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you have to be honest with yourself. Look at your little history. But like, you know, you look at your resume yeah. and kind of see like, why are you jumping yeah, you jobs? Jump around, like, something, something's months, going on. Something is not, something's wrong yeah. with you. Because yeah. obviously, well, uh, you know, uh, is, 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 is how, how I tell my clients, you know, I said, oh, well, hold on. Um, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit. I go, this job, okay. Blah, blah, this job, blah, this job, this business, this, okay. I say, you know what's interesting? There's one common character in all these stories you just told me. They said, well, who's a common character? It got to be my cousin. I said, no, the common character is you. You know, and all these things you told me, the only common character I found is you. Yeah. So people, people tell me, oh, I, I, I was with this masjid. I was with that organization. And I say, you know what? The common character is you. Yeah. You the one that, that, that's yeah. in the story for all of them. So yeah. what, you got to take some responsibility instead of just blaming. Right. You were just too busy blaming. I, I like that. I like that. So I think there's an onus on you. Okay. But what, what happens, Muhammad, though? Look. Uh, it's nice. I've been sacrificing. I've been dedicated. I've been like, this is what I want to do. But uh, I think another part of it is like, look, what if I'm taking huge financial, like I'm leaving a lot of money mm. on the table. Like mm. I'm taking, I'm losing out on 25% of what I can be earning in a, in a regular corporation. Um, I've been sacrificing it. I have one, two, three, four kids. I have, um, you know, there's no medical, there's no benefits. Like i it's not worth it at that point, right? Like, why, why should I convince me to stay if, if it's hitting me really difficultly financially? No, I, I'm not going to convince you because it, it, what, what it comes down to is, again, you got to be clear on what your life mission is, right? You look at your life mission. Same thing I tell the career people, look at your, someone in business or not to quit the business or not, uh, or to you know, sh- you know, uh, pack up your shop and, and, and leave. Take the loss, take the hit, take the loan. Uh, look at your life mission. What did you want to achieve with your life? Okay, that's the first problem. And then second thing is, um, you know, uh, what are your priorities? And is the current role giving you what you're looking for? So you got to forget the disorganization, forget the toxic people that you can name on your hand. Focus on your overall life mission and your vision and your long-term goal. Is your current role serving that long-term goal? So meaning you're like, you know what? It's not because all this, because of this disorganization, because of the toxic environment, I'm not getting stuff done. So you're right. It's time to leave because of toxic or toxic culture, because of the disorganization, I'm not meeting my needs that I have financially. I'm not, I'm not meeting, you know, the, the kind of goals that I have, uh, you know, family wise currently the timeline is not working. Okay. Then, then, then you can leave. But what I don't want is people to quit stuff because of drama, because of toxic culture, because of disorganization. That's what I'm, what I'm, what I, what I'm against. Mm. So you're saying, essentially you're saying if we have a strong 
meaning, purpose, vision behind me doing this kind of work, that I that'll that'll help build a thick skin for me. Like I'll I'll build be able thick to... skin, and you will make more wiser decision and more objective decision mm-hmm. on whether or not you should be quitting or moving on to another organization or you should be changing course, whatever. Okay, and and so what? If, okay, so let me let me push back a little bit again. Okay, what if it's impacting my my family? Like, okay, my family's not a part of like my overall. It may, it may, it's not like a part of my vision, my career for what I want to do for myself. But look, right. hey, look, I'm 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 missing out on time with my kids. I'm I'm missing out on time with my my parents. I'm um I'm really like because I have to work in nonprofit. I I have to work in the evenings and I have to work on weekends and. Um, I don't get time to spend with my kids. I don't. I don't get time to. You 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 have house. a time management problem, and, mm-hmm. and 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 you have a time management problem, and the role that you took um, is not uh, suited for your lifestyle. So either I have to adjust my my time management. Yeah. I've got to be able to. Yeah. Intentionally, and I know we talked about this in a previous episode. Like yeah. Being intentional, like how are you going to organize your schedule? Yeah. Um, or. Or it's gonna be. It's not worth sacrificing oh, your role. family. Right. It's such a role that that role is not working for you. Mm, okay. But my biggest contention is don't quit stuff, change roles, move and jump around. You know, whine and complain because of disorganization or toxic culture or people or some drama, or whatever. What if the bias is so strong? What if you're a sister? Mm-hmm. If all men, extremely like they're just extremely. Whether it could be sexist, and you, you did the math, you looked at your life vision, and 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 then you you saw because of all the biases, you're not getting stuff done. Then yeah, then you got to move on. Mm. So we're so we're saying, look, it's important to have a thick skin, right? But you got to know what, so you know that breaking point when you know what what you're not achieving the results, life, and, and it's not working in lifestyle. Got it, right? I'm got focused it. on the long term. I, I keep I keep saying this point for the last half an hour you got to think about your long-term vision and is it lining up with what you're doing right now? Mm, okay. Cool. Not because of X, Y, Z person or they're misogynist or this and that. That, that. That's not equation. The equation is, yeah, and their misogyny might be impacting you getting stuff done. Right. And, and if that's I, the case, yeah, move forward. And, and, and by the way, I think people, and just to, be, just to be pretty practical, a lot of times we get stuck in like pigeonholing ourselves to an organization. So for example, oh, yeah, that's uh, I, I think a problem. great example is like the masjid. The masjid yes. is the institution in most places in the country. It's the institution. It's where mm-hmm. I want to go to do community work. Right. And you could be like, okay, look, I'm really passionate about community service. Like that's super important to me. Right. I go to the masjid, they don't want to support it. They don't want right. to. They don't want to sponsor right. it. They don't right. care. You, it doesn't matter how many hadiths. It doesn't matter how many times you bring Sheikh Omar or you bring mm. Sheikh, uh, uh, you know, Sister Yasmin. Which it doesn't matter, right? They're not going to get convinced by a khutbah or anything. Yeah. So you've got to be a little bit. If it's a part of your mission, like Muhammad's talked about, and I agree with that. You get. You find a way to get it done. Yeah. Like okay, so all right, let's not do this mission. That's sure. okay. I can I can go to GoFundMe. I can I can do bake sales. I and, can and I can rally people. I can talk to people. Absolutely. I can hype people up. I can go to a campus. I can make my own organization. Like if it's really important to you, it should be that it's not that's it. It's not end or be all. You gotta find a way. You gotta you know. I think one of my favorite quotes by Tony Robbins is that leaders find a way to make they're resourceful. They find yeah. a way to make it happen. Right. 
the money. They're not whining about resources. They're resourceful. Yeah, exactly. They're not whining about what they don't have, what's not given to them, what what disadvantages they have. And and that's not saying, by the way, we're not saying like if you're absolutely not. No, no. We have to acknowledge privilege. You have to acknowledge, you know, no doubt about it. I mean, that is just privileges in in in, 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 yeah. And we train on that, right? We train on ideas of how to be inclusive, how to empower young absolutely. people. Absolutely. Yeah. So and these are these are real issues. Oh, really? Really. Issues, issues of privilege, issues absolutely. of uh, you know gender bias, issues absolutely. of ethnic biases. This is real stuff in our community. Absolutely. And, you know, and so, and we gotta be upfront with that stuff. Yeah. Hundred percent. So if it's not working with this body, man, I'm gonna find a way to do it. I don't care. I'm gonna find. I I think it's from my personal experiences, there are so many times where I want to do a youth program, a youth event. The, you know, these adults say no. It's okay. I'm gonna figure out a way to fund it. That's okay. Say no. That's okay. We're going to go out and we're going to raise the money. We're going to get the money from somewhere. Exactly. We're, oh, you, you know, y'all don't want to, y'all don't want to let us into the masjid. Okay. You don't want to listen to the masjid. We're going to go to that masjid over there. No problem. They don't mind us being over there. And like, you know, you know, like I, I've been removed from messages because you of know, pe- because of pizza on the carpet. Right. <laughs> so I just find another masjid, right? Somewhere right. else that doesn't mind some pizza on the carpet and the youth are in the masjid. You've got to be able to be resourceful. And think about the ways it's never like end all be all. You, you, if it's important to you, you'll figure out a way to do it. By the way, just like if your if your mom got sick and you had to pay for a surgery, if you if you, you know if your kids were ill, uh, you, you'd make you'd make it happen because it just becomes so important to you. So I think understanding that mindset of being kind of resourceful. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, Rami, you remember? Um, I think at the uh, our youth leadership summit. Uh, what last week? Uh, well, this week actually, right? Uh, this yeah, weekend. This last past weekend. weekend. Yeah, last weekend. Uh, somebody asked about you know uh, dealing with mashed the uncles, right? And 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 remember, I said three three style three you know, three strategy three protocol strategy. You know, one to um, you know uh, find the few uncles that do support youth work and kind of make them your lobbying group, 100%. right? Uh, and and kind of like gather them together on the side. And you know, uh, and make the loving group to you know make sure you're visible, do services that you know you kind of impact in the community, impact in the masjid, and people can see you. You know, and three, you kind of take over the masjid, uh, you know, the 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 PA system, the, the you know, uh, by bringing the speakers, controlling who, who gives khutbah, and kind of influencing those those uh, you know. Messaging, messaging yeah. in the community. Yeah. Once you've done that, then you can tell me that I'm, I, I, I'm going to move on. I'm going to find another machine. I'm going to open up another online thing. Yeah. Do that. Once you've done those, if you didn't do those three things and you're just whining and complaining, I, I don't want to hear it yeah. because you're not doing your part at that point. Yeah. You know? yeah. And you, you, you're just expecting to be fed on, on a silver spoon. And, and guess what? That, that's not what works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's good that you note that. I think... So if, if you think about like what when are the times when people like they 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 find hopelessness in a situation right it's it's when th- it's when you've tried everything and it didn't work and usually usually when people come and they say I've tried everything they haven't tried everything right yeah usually they haven't done everything they can do and it's it's interesting, you know, if you're always looking for problems, just think about your brain and how it works. If you're always thinking about problems, you never have an ability to be innovative and think more critically about a, a solving a solution. Mm. If you're always if you're always like in fear mode, crisis mode, you're always you know you're always hunting for every problem. 
your brain is too busy scanning for all the problems and it's not like being innovative. Creativity is just thrown out of the window. And you, you really got to think about, you know, just what, what are you always focusing on? What are you always looking at? What is always triggering you? And how is that limiting your ability to think about problems and solving them in different ways? And I think that's, that's, that's extremely important. It's like the hyper outrage numbness, you know? Yeah. You get average about everybody, everything, every way things run. And yeah. you don't got the creativity, the energy to do anything else besides just outrages. Yeah. Yeah. And interesting, Pamela, you know, one of the things that, you know, we'll talk about resilience in a bit, but one of the things that most of the time, these young people, they don't look for those guide that guidance, right? I think you mentioned that, like, you've been through the experience, you gave great advice to somebody, like, they don't ever reach out to somebody else for solutions too, right? Yeah, we think like yeah. we think like, oh, oh, it's not working for me. No, it can't work for me. That's it, it's over. Like okay, and mean other people well, who well, also who well, also will complain. Two years ago, somebody else was fighting with the board over the same thing and you didn't even <laughs> talk to them, right? About how to deal with the board, right? <laughs> or like, you know, there's a message down the corner, their youth are actually dealing with the same problem. Like we didn't go talk. You know, it's it's really interesting that we don't seek advice, like mentorship, um, you know, uh, seeking out guidance from elders or other people, seeking out some kind of coaching or like help or advice. Like we don't really see that. And DMing a, a popular sheikh won't solve your problem. No, right? no, yeah, that's, you know, that's like, the worst. Yeah, like you, you need to like think about people around you and how much impact, like there's so many great people around you, you're probably not even noticing how they can support you, help you. Even like a couple of uncles in the masjid or a couple of sisters here or there, right? Um, yeah, that's, that's super important. No, Look for absolutely. people, allies. Look for allies and, and understand how to leverage allyship and people around you to bring, bring a change as well. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's my point. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, overall, it's a balance between, uh, you know, we were uh, speaking about this right, right, right before we got started. It's a balance between the story of Nuh salam, the prophet yeah. Noah, and the, you know, the story of um, someone like uh, I guess Yunus, Yunus, Yunus. Jonah, and 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 also um, Luth, you know, and and so and so is, is that balance between the the two extremes, uh, two approaches, right? You have someone that 950 years can go on and go on and and don't care about the result and get only 15 people, right? Right. Um, Patience, and, and, right. And, and then that that level of I, 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 I mean, more than patient, I call it perseverance. Oh, that's you much know? more perseverance. I call yeah. it resiliency. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. That the patient people saying you just like take the crap and kind of like, yeah. all right, sabr, and and you kind of like, you know, no, no, I think it's about resiliency. You know, it's, yeah. it's like it's like you're like you're in a good spirit. Like you know, who cares? I'm how many follow me? I got this. You know what I'm saying? I I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm getting the result that I'm looking for, which is, you know, pleasing Allah. And yeah. that's it. Like, that's all that matters. Yeah. And I'm innovating. I'm trying my best. And, you know, and then at the other end, you have where Allah you know, himself said, you know, this is it. This is not going to, you know, Allah, Allah's, Allah's punishment, you know, just, just uh, you know, arrives. And he said, okay, this is not going to work any further. You tried your best. Yeah. I mean, and there are those cases too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think and, he, and, 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 on and, the other yeah. side, right? Eunice. Yeah wasn't as patient and just probably right. like it's interesting that we get both examples right right Yunus alayhi salam um and uh, of course Allah gives us great role models through the prophets Yunus kind of like turned like he's like look it's not gonna work and he gave up early right, right? and then uh, of course you know for those that know the story you know he he leaves his people he gets swallowed by the whale the whale spits him back up and eventually 
you know, Allah brings them back to his people, but his people have changed. They, they transformed. Yeah. And he, it wasn't, he wasn't even there for that. Yeah. Um, so kind of the lesson of like, you gave up too early, right? Um, you don't know the impact your work is having. Yeah. Oh, and that's a great, another great point. Yeah. You don't know the time that you spend, what's going to happen. I mean, by the way, we haven't even talked about like, I know we've been talking about like dealing with politics and dealing with people. Sometimes it's really difficult to deal with youth. It's really difficult. Imagine going to deal with the homeless every week. Yeah. That's really difficult. Yeah. That's not easy. Dealing yeah. with yeah. them. They'll, they won't respect you. They won't like you. Yeah. They, they might even, you know, they might even, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy dealing with children every day. It's not going to be easy. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Sick people. Imagine you like your nonprofit focuses on sick people or charity or refugees or war or like famine. Decade after decade, you don't De- see a viable yeah. solution. You'll never see. You just, you're just making a little drop in the ocean. Drop in the ocean. And that's what that's, you know, you know, um, uh, one of my professors told me this. Uh, we work with very sick people who who are you know who are ill, uh, emotionally ill, um, you know, uh, psychologically ill, and you know especially people who are low functioning, you know, and we work with them year after year, and you don't see any progress in their family, progress in their career. They kind of like just come, you know, they're on medication, they kind of leave, and it can get, it can get really frustrating for for a therapist or a counselor, for a psychologist to deal with that kind of clients, low functioning. And one of the professor told, told, told us, you know, that uh, told me, actually direct supervisor told me, you know, he said, you know, the fact, you have to realize something. You might not see the impact and the change that you're looking for. Like you're looking for a miracle. Like they're going to all of a sudden, boom, and be high functioning. And, but you are, you are preventing them and you are the one that's actually stopping them from carnage. Mm. You know, you don't realize that because they're coming to you every week, and there's same old depression, same old, you know, schizophrenia, you know, there's a psychotic problem. They're just kind of managing, moving around, they're on disability and kind of living in, in a housing. And, but you are, if you they did not have you or the treatment they're on right now, they would have been a, a, actually a burden to society. Right now, they're at least living. Yeah. And sometimes good. you forget that. Sometimes you like, yeah. you want something like, boom, change. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, and sometimes you're yeah. doing enough just to, let, you are keeping them say, alive. You are keeping the message alive. You're, yeah. you know, you and, and not alive only. You you're impacting in ways you don't even know. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Those youth, where would they be without this program? Without your right. Where where would where would your relief for what, what what where would these you know impoverished people be or war? They were struck by war or famine or like a disaster. Like where would they be? Yeah, it's a drop in the ocean, but. Where would they be without these efforts, right? Even if Imagine, you impact two lives, three lives, ten lives, one thousand lives, that's one more than there was yesterday. Absolutely, you uh, know, and and a better day than they had yesterday. Yeah. it's it's um, it's really profound lessons. Like that's what we get taught, you know, and that's and that's that's why I want to kind of end or come, you know, kind of start closing by talking about resilience because there's a lot of research on resilience and mm-hmm. and building resilience, and I think the ideas. You know, I, uh, I, I think I've mentioned this in a lot of the podcast episodes, you know, the, the famous dua of Omar, uh, be, peace and blessings be upon him, where he would say, you know, Ya Allah, don't lighten the load on my back, strengthen my back, right? You know, mm, make beautiful. me stronger to yeah. deal with the difficulty, right? So I think, you know, that's, a, again, a very resilient mindset that I don't ask for things to be easier. I ask to be ask stronger. Ask to be stronger. Yeah, beautiful. right? That's a, that's a, that's a kind of that resilient mindset. So, what are some of your thoughts about building resilience? I mean, I have some thoughts. Maybe you can 
kind of start and share? I know you mentioned some of them already, like vision and, and having a direction. Yeah, and I think, and I've been emphasizing this point this entire uh, episode today because I think that's where really people get stuck. If you have a very clear vision and mission uh, and very set goal, where are you going to head towards the next 10 years? And a motivation for it. And a motivation for it and a why. You know your why very, very, very strongly. You know why you're doing this. Uh, Not just for the sake of Allah, that's the classical cliche, but beyond that, because you enjoy the work, you love the fulfillment, you, you grow out of this experience. And once you, once you know that very clearly, then everything else is just, uh, that's just a side, side note. A hundred percent. So to me, it's about purpose and and meaning. Why are you doing this, right? What is the driving force behind this? Is it a career path? Is it meaning? Is it, what does it mean to you? Why is that important? That's super important. I agree with you hundred percent. That's, that's, that's critical for resilience. And, and then I think it comes skill set. You got to acknowledge mm. that you lack some skills. Mm. Uh, you can be resilient uh, if you don't have the tools. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I'm just having a very strong mindset. I'm going to face, you know, a new day tomorrow. Yeah. That's just, yeah, great. But you gotta have the tools. Yeah. You got to have the skills. And, and, by, and by the way, you get that from, it was my point. You get that from mentorship and coaching. You get that yeah. from somebody else. And I think we, especially, at, I think generally our generation, and I, I know it's hard. I, th- I think we think it's hard. Like there's not enough mentors or coaches or people to help me out there. But there's so many. There's so many ways that you can. And they don't have to be perfect. Learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's another and problem. No, and no, yeah. nobody has maybe everything. Nobody has maybe, everything. Maybe it's another another day for another event. And I, yeah. I don't know. But I, I, I think people have this infatuation for following one person and one person. being being a mentee of one person who's going to exactly. be like all in all perfect. Yep. Yep. Like you don't do that. That's you don't expect thing. your dentist to you know know about your your heart and your cardiology. Like right. like stop it and like. You, you gotta stop this nonsense of, of like you know one person is gonna just be there, and if they mess up in one area, ah, outrage again. Like cut it out. Like yeah. it's really, 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 it's as a find people who are experts in the areas that you're looking for, and gain what you can gain, exactly. and move on. Hundred percent. You know. Hundred percent. And that's why you should not have a mentor or a coach. It's right. actually, and that's why I've learned that from my life. You should have a like a network of mentors and coaches. You have you should have a network of things that are always making you better, improving. Absolutely. You. Personal reading, people you're meeting with, places you're going, things you're you're learning, things you're watching, um, uh, events you're going to, things you're educating. Like you, this is this is like a, it's a it's a personal journey, and it doesn't happen with one person. It's, there's no magic pills for this. No. No. Uh, yeah, so, so the, the, the number that. two is definitely tools and skills. I love yeah. that. I love that. And yeah, and that comes from like learning and mentorship. I think my, my third thing is, my third thing is like, you've got to create successes. You've got to create wins. You know, I, 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 am, I am astonished a lot of times when people want to make, they want to make a change and they just want to like, oh, you know what? We're just going to change the entire bylaws. We're gonna revolution. revolution. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna build a new masjid, right? Right. You're like, hold hold we're gonna make a new MSA. Like, wait, come on. Why don't you start with some small wins? Why don't you why don't you do why don't you take a group and do something and achieve something and build on that and do it again next week and do it again the week after and do it again the week after that? You know. People want to look for like these overnight problems and they want to go over the biggest problems usually, right? Like we want to just transform everything. Whereas 
small successes are what lead to the biggest victories. Like you've got to create small wins and small wins are, they build confidence. They've been momentum. They've been motivation, but also they give you a sense of like, they reestablish your ability to see success because if you're always trying to solve the biggest problems, you'll always fail and you'll lose hope. And then, then, then you're, you're going to quit every time. Absolutely. You know, um, I'm all for revolutions at times, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm with it. You know, what I'm saying um, that's not a, that's not a problem. Uh, but that time and place for revolution, you know yeah. what I mean. And yeah. nine out of ten times, that's not the best solution to a problem. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think we get into too much of revolution mindset, and revolution is needed at certain times, and and it, it comes with certain calculations, it comes with certain repercussions, certain um, you know, also possibilities. Uh, but I think nine out of ten times. You know, you will see that it's the small changes that adds up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta be a lot more patient. You gotta be. 100%. You gotta be a lot more patient. People, people just want overnight results and success. And and I think in this fast food culture, this is the problem. You want fast food, you know, change. You know, yeah. And everything just overnight flip, and and that's where the you gotta be a lot more patient. Yeah, hundred percent. But you gotta you gotta enjoy the process. You know, like, what are you trying to get to? Like, what's 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 the big story? You know, um, and so I think part of it is you're right. Number three, I think what you you hit on the on the nail. I think uh, it's about, um, you know, you got to get some small wins. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that that's that's uh, like a a super critical thing. And then yeah. and 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 never. And I think the last thing, and and I'm sure you can you can kind of share your thoughts as well. I think just just having hope in Allah Azza I think. You know, hopelessness never got anybody anywhere, right? I, yeah. I think that constantly, like, losing out on hope. And I think the hope here that, you know, Allah is just, you're going to have ups and downs and there's going to be hardship and whatever work, whatever community. Like, if if everybody left Islamic work, the Islamic work would still get done. Yeah. Like, if every, like, if I, I think a lot of times we think we're more important than we are. Like, if, 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 if <laughs> everybody quit their, community response like every board everybody quit every board and everybody quit you know every organization like it just got too hard the work would still get done i yeah. I, I know i know we say that but it's like it's an absolute fact because things are chaotic right now and we don't even know how they're functioning now like it's, it's just amazing right if you were to right, right. think objectively about it like understanding that there's just there's a lot of hope in Allah that he's going to make things easier and he's using you and that's a that's a great blessing and opportunity yeah. for you. I think you got to always see the hope in it when you're working in the community. Like you have to be very hopeful. And, and you you know you know it's interesting. Uh, optimism actually studies uh, in neuroscience. So optimism leads to um, leads to action. Yeah. Versus you know um, pessimism actually leads to inaction. Mm-hmm. Like, so from a very neuroscience perspective, it's like, you know, um, you know, your pessimism, the negativity and uh, that fear, the, the worry that actually shuts down your, you know, your, 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 your creativity and your motor function. Whereas, whereas optimism actually is connected to your frontal cortex and kind of your part of your brain that actually, you know, um, it shows actually connected to, in a strange way, it's connected to your motor cortex, you know, that, that impact, middle quarters, you actually get your hands and legs to move, to make action. It's simple, right? An example is when you're, when you're, when you're scared and nervous and freeze, you freeze, right? Yeah. Versus when you, when you can move, 
Yeah. So in in a, in, a, in, a, in a very neuroscience in a way, it, it's that that's what it is. You're when you have optimism and hope, and not not looking at things as they are, but not the worse than they are. Yeah. Then looking at things that there's a possibility that mm. it, it can get better. Mm. You know, if okay. you're already convinced that things are not gonna go well, then then you know what? Just quit. Why yeah. why even why even do anything? Yeah. And ultimately, yeah. I think, I think, I think, as, as especially as a Muslim, you know, I think um, when there is Allah, and when there is Allah, is the one is in, in full control of everything, you know. Uh, then you have to worry about too much, you know. Uh, the one that's in the, the most wise, the most knowledgeable, the most powerful, he's in charge. You're not, you know. And especially when it comes to community, Muslim community work, you know. Um, especially in the field of da'wah or charity work, Allah will, Allah, will, Allah will take care of it. You know, sometimes you go on vacation and like say for like two, three weeks you didn't, you didn't, you didn't check your email correctly or you're just too busy and whatever you went out of country to say, you know, whatever. And you come back, you're like, you know what? Things happen and things have result. <laughs> you know, like, like they, you they weren't worked without weren't. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You weren't there five years ago and they were just fine. Uh-huh. And you no. won't be there in 10 years. Yeah. And everything will be <laughs> just fine. Yep. You do your part. Yep. And yes, make, make revolution, make change, and leave legacy for, you know, but it has to be small wins. It has to be things that are in your control. It has to be in line with your long term vision and goal. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I love that that you summarize those points. And and again, we hope and pray that we always, you know, uh, again, that, that kind of, I, I repeat it a lot, but that quote of, like we just ask Allah to make us stronger, more resilient, and be able to, I mean, to, yeah. to withstand the loads. And and we know, like, look, Allah would never put something on us that we can't bear. I think that that's a, that's an important part of it. So, it if it if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I know it's a cliche, but <laughs> look, that's that's the idea that that's how you build thick skin. That yeah. building that muscle requires friction and um, you know something kind of working against you and you working against back against it. And that, that's, that's really how, where strength comes from. Absolutely. Uh, and you, you grow, you learn from it. You learn skills because you'll be in, in desperate situation to need more skills. If you, if you weren't tested, if you weren't challenged, if you weren't tickled a little bit, you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't grow, you 100%, 100%. know? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, wonderful discussions. Zakhlaq uh, Muhammad, wonderful thoughts. Yeah. I hope uh, that it was kind of a, a, um, uh, something that we can build a little bit more, like we can build towards in, in creating a greater, more resilient um, resilience within ourselves and within our work overall and create stronger organizations and a greater, stronger society for, for ourselves and impacting those around. I mean. um, so with that, we'll close this episode of uh, Community Conversations. Again, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms, myself, um, Hassan, uh, Oakshire Institute, uh, Facebook, Instagram, we're on YouTube. Uh, and please, of course, reach out to us if you have any thoughts or reflections on the episode, things that you've experienced, stories. We'd love to hear from anybody, uh, any stories of, re- of resilience out there that really are impactful. With that, until next time. Zakla <laughs> khair, everybody. Assalamu alaikum rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Oak Tree Institute podcast. For more episodes, subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google Play, and Spotify. And for other content that we have, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, 
and YouTube.